Coffee Sketch Podcast is our take on the intersection of old tech and new tech, the space between the traditional practice of the hand-drawn sketch that has been performed by architects and designers for centuries, and the modern-day use of the hashtag as a representation of a sentiment or a movement. Each week, we plan to deliver a new pod about our ideas, sketches, and what's going on in our daily lives as we pursue our love of architecture, design, and sharing this knowledge with the next generation. I'm Kurt, and I'm in Flint. And I'm Jamie, and I'm in Austin. Hey, Jamie. How's it going? Hey, Kurt. Pretty good. What about you? All right. It's going good. I am going to dive right in. Ready to talk about some drawings? Yeah. And and today I want to talk about um, a little bit of the technique of drawing uh, and, and what's in your sketches and maybe something that we've learned as architects uh, through our education <clears throat> and practice of this uh, great profession. Um, but we'll get into that in a second. So I picked out for us to talk about two of your sketches that are of the sculptural variety. So I believe they are Rodin. Um, is that true? Um, one of them is, and one of them isn't. All right. So we'll unpack that. And the so in a second here. So what is interesting, and hopefully the links to these sketches will work when they get to your Instagram page. But in this particular case, uh, these two and uh, specifically are like kind of a three part post on Instagram. I don't know what else to call it, but you can sort of click through three pictures of your sketches because, and what intrigued me about this is that they are, um, you kind of created this three part experiment and you say two minutes, five minutes, five minutes. So I'm taking the assumption that they are both kind of like, um, the pictures taken at the two minute increment a five minute and a five minute. And then you sort of see the progress of the sketch, the coffee sketch going along. And so, so for today, let's talk about super quick, quick sketches and, you know, the techniques to create those sketches. And then I'm sure you, you know, would dive into the, the Rodan and not Rodan. So how about you first, like, first let's talk about the short, the shortness of these sketches and how you, how this experiment worked out for you. Well, yeah, actually. And, and that's, I think that's the, the, the sort of secret meaning and you sort of have stumbled on it is, uh, in asking whether it was Rodan or not Rodan, um, <laughs> that could be like a, that could be one of those, uh, questions that you just pose to people for like a party game, like Rodan, not Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> we just made a party we'll, game. Like we'll like, have to come up. We'll have to, yeah, we can, give we can, that a try. We can circle back about that later. Um, so let's <laughs> let's 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 mark the tape, and we'll uh, and we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about that. But no, mm-hmm. um, so the uh, the one that's not Rodan is is really alludes to to why this technique is something that I experiment with from time to time, um, and so it was neat that you picked up on it um, with these sketches. Um, so yes, in fact, um, I sort of time stamped them um, and purposely. Um, as we've talked about before, I, I, I time myself on my sketches more from the standpoint of trying to, um, think quickly, uh, and sort of be decisive in the sketch and, and also just from a standpoint of not having a, a great deal of time to do it. Um, but, you know, wanting to do it every day and be deliberate about it. Um, but in these particular ones, there's sort of three images. Uh, it's all the same sketch. It's all done at the same time. And so the only break in the time frame is when I actually pull out the camera and, and take, take the take the pick, um, of it, but they are at sort of two minutes, five minutes and 15 minutes, um, or two minutes, five minutes and 10 minutes. Um, and so what's, what's happening is in that first two minute sketch and, and, and where this, I'll just back up is where this sort of comes from is, um, an idea that, um, really these, this sort of mode of drawing and sort of trying to be quicker and faster, um, and sort of training myself to draw a particular way or to improve certain drawing techniques Mm. and sort of how to see the world, 
um, came about when I was in college. Um, and, um, another design professor had, um, suggested to me to take, um, really for more for fun and relaxing, um, and sort of, you know, because he knew I was more artistically inclined than, than, um, some of my classmates, um, you know, he wanted me to take a figure drawing class. So A&M doesn't have a fine arts program, but they have fine arts faculty buried within the college of architecture. Um, so there are some fine arts courses that you can take. And then they also have some adult education courses that they also offer on campus, which are coincidentally taught by the same fine arts faculty (laughs) that are buried within the college of architecture. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, no, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, we both have adjunct experience. And so I think we both know how that happens. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so this particular, um, class that I took, um, you know, it's, it's an evening class. It's a life drawing course. Um, you know, really kind of the, the backbone of any fine arts or, um, you know, bachelor of fine arts or master of fine arts program. Um, you know, everybody, um, you know, needs to be able to see and sort of see and, uh, and not just sort of the, the standard still life, but also the human form, um, and shade, shadow, mm-hmm. form, mass, weight, all of those things. And those things really inform the way we look at the world, but also help us sketching. And, um, this particular professor who had sort of suggested it to me was absolutely right. It made me, um, you know, a better renderer, a uh, better drawer, mm-hmm. um, a better thinker. Um, and then ultimately a better, probably a better designer overall. Um, but one of the techniques of that course is the warm up. So, you know, to kind of warm up yourself, um, and sort of get in the mode of, you know, decompressing from the outside world and you're sort of in the classroom and there's, you know, 30 or 40 other people who are drawing with you and there's a model and you have to kind of get started. And so we would do, um, two minute poses, um, to start Mm -hmm. and, um, part of that is you're also having to, one of the things I had to learn how to do was to draw bigger uh, and be more gestural. Um, so we would actually do gesture drawings on, you know, big tablets. Um, and, and that inherently kind of warms up your arm and your hand and your wrist, um, and kind of your eye and you start thinking and kind of getting in that mode. Um, so these are a challenge in and of themselves because I'm trying to replicate the same technique and the same mindset but I'm doing it on a very, very small scale um, in a sketchbook. Um, uh-huh. The, the uh, so the, that's that's a, that's cool because it reminds me of uh, in my undergraduate at USC the um, which they did have a fine art program. But what, what was interesting in first year for us is that there was a life drawing at least for one class of our sort of some schools call it viscom i think usc called it um like basic design 105 or you know a very low level entry level uh but architecture curriculum class so we did a lot of uh different things like collage and um watercolor and things like that so definitely not um architectural but it was in the architecture school and there was at least one session where that class was a life drawing uh, or is that what it's called when you have the models life live yeah, models yeah life drawing, life drawing. Or, fi- or figure drawing yeah and and so which was you know as an 18 year old who you know went across country to go to architecture school and then you know all of a sudden there are you know semi nude people posing for you something to get used to but it wasn't you know when it was you know it was trying to be serious and we all all were very mature about it and serious, but, um, you know, there's a few giggles and stuff like that once you get going, but all that to, to say that we did some of the same things with, with the, the warmups and we had uh, charcoal and large newsprint and had to, you know, sort of, yeah, make those very quick gestural sketches of like, okay, capture this pose in two minutes or even less. Some of them were super short and, and, uh, some of those early things like that, those early activities really stuck with me even till now in, in 
in how I try and use sketch to communicate to coworkers or clients. Um, so hopefully people can see the, it, it might be difficult for some of my clients and maybe even my coworkers too, but you know, that my, my sketch style is kind of, is very loose, like probably like your two minute increment, you know, the very blocked out sort of rough pass. And, and I guess, uh, unlike you who has progressed and become a fantastic sketcher, I would say that I'm an okay sketcher and I'm still, uh, in that gestural stage. I never graduated or got too much better than that. So, uh, <laughs> well, and, and I think, um, but it, it's, it, you know, any, and this is the thing is that, you know, you're, you're right to see it sort of as a technique. Um, and, and it's, um, you know, and, and it's communicative. I mean, it's, it's, it's a way to communicate an idea. I mean, it's a way to, I mean, really that two minute sketch is one where you could draw and talk at the same time. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and even at the five minute stage, mm. you probably could draw and talk, uh, and really kind of communicate, um, what you're, you know, what you're seeing and what you're trying to convey on the page. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, a human figure or a building or a design for a teacup. Um, it, you know, that all of those things, you know, could be, you know, in that two to five minute, you know, cause after that, nobody really wants to hear you talk, uh, and draw, <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's also because you're also at that point, probably refining and fine tuning details and trying to really uh-huh. sort of shift your brain in the last sketch to, um, really convey a lot more meaning to something. And you're sort of almost in the assumption phase of, I'm not going to be here to explain this drawing, you know, whereas in the first two drawings mm-hmm. you're, you are there really trying to, to, to tell the story or tell, tell somebody what you're seeing and what you're trying to draw. Um, you know, and, and for me, it the, was, uh, oh. it, it, it was, no, I'm just saying for me, it was, it was taking that course. And then, um, that instructor actually, um, would, I, I probably took the course twice. Um, Oh yeah. Um, but then I also helped him teach the adult ed course a couple times. Oh, cool. Um, as it, when you were still an undergraduate, uh, when or I was after, after, when I was a grad student, um, Oh, okay. Yeah. When I was a grad student, I helped him teach the other one, um, several nights a week and stuff. Um, so it, it was, uh, but it, it, and so even then, and now and, you're independently wealthy, right? You oh know, yeah. You totally. did that. And then, uh, <laughs> of course, from all these drawings and in my sketchbooks with coffee, Um, but no, the, uh, I think that that experience though really, um, you know, gave me a lot of confidence in my sketching, but it also gave me the confidence Mm -hmm. to realize that those early sketches are ones where you can, because I was needing to, I was, I was having to help other students, um, understand why their drawing was a certain way or why I was able to do something with a particular line in a particular way. Um, mm-hmm. in, an, in an early sketch and sort of describe it as well as draw it at the same time. And, you know, in this particular case, because you're dealing with a live model is not make that person feel uncomfortable uh, while you're, while you're trying to, you know, describe what you're, what you're drawing. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, when you talk about the giggles, I mean, that was sort of always the thing that, um, uh, yeah, that professor really had a, a real gift for, um, you know, talking about the craft of drawing and making everybody in the room, um, you know, whether you were the model or the artist, uh, or the student or, or whomever, you know, very, very comfortable. And I think that that was, that was particularly important as well. Um, so it just, you know, those kinds of memories kind of stick with me. And, and now I've, like I said, I've, I've tried this experiment in a very small sketchbook and it's, it's difficult, um, and it's different, Mm -hmm. but I think the, the concepts are the same for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, I, it inspires me. And I think, you know, one of our overarching concepts of putting this podcast together, if, if no one ever listens to it, at least you and I have a good time talking about um, some things and, and bouncing inspiration off of each other, hopefully. No, absolutely. And I think, yeah. That's, know, and that's what's going on. Yeah. 
I mean, it well, so, it's, it's you know we're oh, able sorry. to tell you tell her some stories, but I think you know that inspiration of no, you know, Kurt, you need to sketch more, <laughs> um, right? right. And, yeah. and, uh, and yeah, you know, and hey, yeah, Jamie, that's not a good way for you to do this. You know, uh, that's you know, <laughs> that's okay too. So, and and so I do. Rem- I guess one of the things that I. Uh, another technique aspect that I always, I liked because I guess for me as an architect or, or, well, maybe not just me, but, um, you know, as we're trained and then we move into the professional world. Um, and I was just talking about this with a client today is that, uh, you know, yeah, I've had a couple of projects over here that were custom houses. And in some cases, you know, the clients are like, well, you know, money is not, a a big constraint. So, you know, design away and kind of, you know, let's choose this material and that material. And then there's the client. They want you to to be ambitious, but yeah. Right. And then they rein it in once that budget comes back or something. But, and then there's clients that start up front and then they say, well, we would like to be around here because we really don't want to bite off more than we can chew, you know, and they bring that up, you know, up front. So, so I think, and I, my response was that, you know, honestly, that having a constraint of any kind, like a budgetary constraint or um, programmatic or uh, uh, square footage or, you know, just having constraints in general actually make the design better. And I think one tool in, in conversation of sketching for me was the, when, when I was taught, uh, to make contour line sketches. And for those, at least my understanding of a contour line, how I was taught (laughs) is, is that it, it, imagine putting your pencil down on the paper and not picking it up until the entire sketch is complete. And so the constraint of that, so that's the, 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 the output or the the outcome of that. That's the continuous contour line drawing. Uh, which is different uh-huh. than okay. the contour line. Okay. But, so, but yes, so there's an extra constraint there. You, you, you've added the extra constraint. And I, and what's funny is it's that, that technique is one that, um, you know, I always appreciate and always try to, to, and I will try and employ that technique. And that's the thing about some of these sketches is I'll try and employ some of those techniques at different points in a sketch. Um, and then I'll stop and then kind of do something else uh, or, or sort of shift gears. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of the reasons why you use it is, um, you know, in my particular case, like a continuous contour line drawing is I'm, I need the artificial constraint of saying to myself, and it's almost being self-critical at, at a particular point in the drawing is usually when it, I, I do it is, I'm not getting the form exactly right. So I have to slow my, mm-hmm. I have to slow myself down con- mm-hmm. the continuous contour line is you're literally, if it's not even so much that you've, um, you have the, the, the pencil doesn't really sort of pick itself up from the page, but the way to think about it or the way I've been sort of told to think about it was imagine that you're, your eye is the pencil and that you're literally tracing the form of what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, there's, there's actually this, um, slowing down of what you're, you know, what you're visualizing, um, and what you're trying to render on the page. And so the, um, there's also the blind contour drawing where you actually, you don't look at the page, and that's really scary stuff. Right. Um, right. And I was just thinking about that because I remember, yeah, where we were challenged to, you know, one of the trips were was to the museum, and actually it was a Richard Serra exhibit in L.A. And so, you know, the big Corten steel torqued ellipses, and you know, which are very sculptural, but at the scale of like architecture as far as space. And I remember um, my instructor <clears throat> challenging us to to 
create that blind contour sketch, you know, say, don't look at your paper and train your hand eye to, to follow the shapes, you know, of these Richard Serra sculptures, which, you know, are simple elliptical type structures, but very nuanced when you're talking about, you know, shade and shadow and uh, foreground background and that blind contour. Yeah. is definitely something that's harder, but like you said earlier, is that um, challenge bringing it back out and challenging yourself, you know, every once in a while, go slow down and push yourself to try it, you know, do this so that, you know, you don't, forget where your roots are <laughs> your sketching well, roots are well, right well and and also so the 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 word contour itself is um is french i mean it comes from the french outline so it's mm. you know it, it's literally what we're talking about where you're um and a lot of people who are um tentative about their draw is it is that Quebec or French? No, it's not Quebec. That's that's French that's, French. that's Parisian French. <laughs> yes, that's the that's the uh, the official words. Uh, I have no idea what the Quebec or French uh, for contour would be, um, <laughs> but I, I probably can find out for us. Um, we'll mark the tape and I'll I'll, I'll answer that question yep. later. But um, no, certainly. So the the but most people who are you know describe themselves as, as a non confident you know, illustrator or sketcher. Um, mm. oftentimes if you look at their drawings, they really are sort of focused on the, on the outline of the form. Uh, they actually are focused mm-hmm. on that contour drawing. Um, and a way to break, to break that habit. And it's something that you see in a lot of my sketches, in particular, the ones here, um, is, uh, a technique that's called cross contour. So instead of, looking at the outline of the form, you have to take the approach that um, that arm or that leg or that thigh or that knee um, is a volume. And so you're trying to draw across the surface of that form and not just the mm-hmm. outline mm-hmm. of that form. And in drawing across the surface of it, you know, by employing some different kind of line techniques, um, you're creating a cross contour and that cross contour, that that's sort of elliptical form that you talked about with the Sarah sculptures. If you think Mm, about, mm -hmm. if you think about that ellipse sort of kind of creating the, the arc of the volume, you know, if you're thinking about your, your arm and that it has kind of weight and mass and volume, and you're not necessarily drawing the outline of your arm down to your wrist, but that you're, creating the line across the arm to the other side and what would, you know, how many lines would you need to kind of create that effect? Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's the cross contour. So you can see that a lot in, in the drawings that, that, um, that I do in particular with the, the figures and, um, what that often leads to is something that I've, I've been sort of described as is, um, I, I really like the cross hatch. Um, so it's another drawing technique, mm. um, another line technique mm-hmm. or the hatching technique. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, a hatching is something that you see in, um, architectural renderings, you know, for a different purpose, um, you know, for our drawings, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a, you know, a pattern created with line. Um, but that, mm-hmm. but that patterning that's created by lines in, in the hatching techniques that we're talking about with the sketches is it's, it's a series of lines that are very, very close together, all running parallel to one another. Um, but they're used to create both volume oftentimes with that cross hatch. So they're used in conjunction with it to kind of, kind of mm-hmm. fill out that volume, but also to look at um, how light is landing on a form. And so you get that sort of light and shadow, um, you know, shadows don't always just get cast on the back sides of an object. You know, they the light cast on on the the front side of a form changes. Um, you know, with wrinkles and folds and and volumes and and there's something to be said for the beauty of of trying to capture that you know light dancing across a form. And so the the cross hatching is my way of trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And and 
tell me if if this happened to you though when you were you know in the same early stages of of school did they force you to not use crosshatch and some of those uh other shading techniques or i would say let's just say advanced techniques and 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 limit you to contour lines and uh line weight uh early on i remember for me at least we were not allowed to do certain techniques even if we were capable you know but they were trying to impress upon us you know if you were limited to certain tools and techniques you know can you create a a, a valid valid sketch that communicates an idea did that happen too for you Oh yeah, and and I think it's something okay. it's something that I, that I've always, <laughs> I don't want to... no 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 it's something that I've always I've always fought against because um, it's to me oh um it, and it's and it's just sort of a I think it's just a personal thing is that for me I, I've been drawing since I was so young um, and learned a lot of these techniques um, when I didn't even know what they were called. I just, I learned the techniques and didn't, right. didn't know the, the vocabulary for it. And then eventually got the vocabulary, um, especially when I started teaching. Um, but it's, to me, it's, you're in, there's, there are times to limit one's arsenal of uh, tools, but um, I've always sort of shied away from it or, or fought against it. And I, I definitely probably, made a lot of professors angry <laughs> when I was going through school because of the way that I, I drew or followed some directions and, and, and oftentimes not all of them. So there was, there's always, there's always one. I'm, I'm, I was that class. guy. So yeah, I was that guy <laughs> um, quietly. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the one who raised my hand and said, Hey, by the way, I'm not going to do what you just said. But, um, <laughs> there's always that one too. <laughs> there's usually that one too. Uh, they're not usually housed in the same person. Um, but yeah, yeah. 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 So that was, that was my thing. Uh, um, but then there's, you know, there's other techniques and in, in, in the sketchbooks, it's, it's hard. Um, because, you know, one of the things is it's, you know, I'm using these drawing techniques and I'm employing oftentimes just pen or pencil. Um, but then, you know, some of the other tools that I like are Conte crayons and, um, I have done some charcoal sketches in the sketchbook, um, and some, some more raw graphite, um, that I, mm -hmm. I carry around. Um, and even like a very, very small watercolor set, uh, when I have lots of time mm -hmm. or lots more time. Um, but you know, but I forget who makes it, but there is that little pocket pocket watercolor. And I always wanted to buy that, and I never did. It's almost it's almost the size of your sketchbook. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. I have one that's half the size of my current sketchbook. So it's, it's like super it's, traveler. It's very very tiny. Yeah, all of, all the stuff but, that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, you. well, and, and that's the thing is a lot of people you know will, um, and there's a lot of people who also post their sketchbooks on Instagram, uh, and I admire and and look at those myself, um, but a lot of those books are a lot larger. Um, and that's mm -hmm. it, though I love to draw on a bigger page and, uh, and spend a lot more time on the drawings. That's not what this coffee sketch, uh, exercise is about for me. Um, right. you know, it's, it's about being portable. It's about being fast and being really, really deliberate. And then at the same time, very, um, experimental, uh, in the way that I'm sort of trying to render things. Yeah, and I I would agree. I mean, to each to each his own or her own. Uh but I I definitely align with those your thoughts as far as um keeping it compact and something portable. I mean, there's so many times in my life where I was somewhere without um a camera or a, a sketchbook or a pen which I try to rarely not leave and not have at least one of those things on me <laughs> well, as a exactly. tool. Exactly. I mean, but, if you've, you, I mean, you know, not to be just, you know, totally abrupt about it, but you do feel naked. I mean, if you're, if you're 
you know, if that's the way that you're comfortable, um, you know, taking notes about, you know, taking visual notes about the world and you don't have your sketchbook, uh, it's, you, you feel like you, you know, you forgot something, you forgot your wallet, you know, you forgot your keys, yep. forgot your phone, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, definitely. And, uh, so, so this, uh, not Rodan is, is it a life drawing or is it? Um, it was a life drawing. Uh, just a school. Yeah, it was oh. a life drawing. And actually that one is a, um, when you know, we're talking about sort of scale of sketch. Um, so that's a life drawing that was done on a large tablet um, and then turned into a painting, um, a mixed media uh, painting um, that I have mm. uh, in my house. And uh, the other sketch is a Rodin sculpture um, that was done from a photograph. Okay. So, so it's a life drawing to painting and a sketch. I should say it the other way. It's a sketch of a painting of a life drawing. Yes. That I did in. All yeah. Right. And so, it, and, and that's the other thing too, is that sometimes um, uh, I find myself, you know, interested in sort of revisiting work. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and these are sort of other kind of artistic concepts that, for a long time, I wasn't um, either comfortable with or, you know, I had read about artists doing that and had never done those things. And so it's something that I've, I've sort of forced myself um, to approach and, and to try, uh, especially with these coffee sketches. And so in this particular case, it was, you know, I was having coffee um, in this particular case at home and in the morning mm-hmm. and um was decided I was going to sketch the painting that's on the wall, which I happened to do myself and uh, originated as a a life drawing. Uh, (laughs) I believe I still have a a large portfolio of, of a lot of my charcoals and early sketches. It's just too, it's as much as I moved around the country, it was something I, I just couldn't, make myself chuck in the, in the trash or recycle bin. And I would just lug it around. <clears throat> I might've downsized it a bit, but I have, um, yeah, I have, I keep this stuff cause, and I, I also have to admit I did downsize a, a good handful of sketchbooks, but I was trained as a student. And so I did break the rule, but I was trained as a student to, Always have a sketchbook if you're an architect and always keep your sketchbooks so you can always go back to them. So I still have a good collection um, and I still at least follow the part of the rule where I always try and keep a sketchbook near me. Although I don't post the sketches as much as you do on Instagram. So I'm sure by now our our five listeners have uh, figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Um, but no, it's, it's the, well, maybe it's, maybe it's four. Oh, yeah. They, they, well, maybe it's six. <laughs> yeah. They, they, uh, after, after this episode, no. Um, but that's the thing. I think <laughs> the funny part about the sketchbooks for me is that, um, you know, I, I, I have tons of them as well, you know, and they, you know, people who've seen them or who are critical of me, um, or like to critique the sketchbooks, you know, in person, they all, a lot of them remark, they're like, you don't date your sketches. Uh, you need to, and you need to sign them. I'm like, sign them for who? I mean, it's my sketchbook. I mean, like, <laughs> there's no one else drawing in this book, but, uh, but the dating them is something that I just, I, I do from time to time. And then I start forgetting to do it. Um, uh-huh. it's uh i i, do, I, I think i'm the same i way. do date the sketchbooks so i know about what time period it is um and then oh and then yeah. there's also pages that have notes on them so um but yeah uh it's it's just mm-hmm. you know funny to think about that yeah i do the same thing i date the inside cover or something the first page or something like that and uh so yeah it gives me a, a, a reference a rough point in time um, and so the, so I don't know, we, I think we have a little more time, right? I was wondering about this. I put in this third sketch into our notes. 
only because, and maybe we can talk about it because of, from a visual presentation, it's, it's not one of the same experiment, but it has, you know, a lot of the same techniques of the finished versions or the sort of the final 10 minutes of your experiment as you arrived at the sort of finish, finish line for the coffee sketch. Um, but I was intrigued by, you know, I was looking at kind of looking at all these together and this third one struck me because of the, the, the shape, the forms, the shapes, the, the foreground background. And, and it it looks like an outdoor nature scene. Yeah, which I don't, which and I not don't, of yeah. a building yeah. or a sculpture. Yeah, which I don't do a ton of those. Uh, I'll admit. Um, yeah, and I caught, I caught. Yeah, one. <laughs> and so it's interesting that you, you you found this one, but yeah, this is in um, this one is drawn on site um, um, out in uh, out in the Texas Hill Country um, in an area near Wimberley. Um, it's called Jacob's well, and there's a mm-hmm. natural limestone, um, well for lack of a better term. Um, the, that is several hundred feet deep. Um, and it's sort of a, um, these, these fissures, uh, so limestone is pretty porous rock. And so this particular, mm-hmm. um, natural wellspring and there's all these kind of natural springs that and aquifers that um kind of dot the sort of central texas region uh in and around austin um and so the you know water is really really important um you know and obviously you know that living in flint um but you know here this particular Mm -hmm. natural resource you know is, is one where um this natural well kind of occurs and, you know, so people really dive this well and they've, um, and it, and it's oh, been wow. there for, you know, several hundred years, uh, probably longer. Um, and there's, you know, it's mentioned in historical archives, um, but people have also dove it in scuba tanks, um, to really kind of determine the actual length of the, of the, of the, of the well. So the well goes down um, relatively straight and it's very, very clear. I mean, this is, you know, um, you know, very, very clear water, um, goes down, uh, 150, 200 feet straight down. And then at, at a, at a point starts to branch out and then continues for several more hundred feet, um, in other directions that people have, have dived with, um, scuba equipment. Um, but this particular um, site is, you know, it's interesting rock formations, interesting trees, and you know, light and shadow and form, and so all the things that you know I talk about with buildings, or I see with buildings, or I see with with you know the human body. Um, it's how do you start to try and capture that in a sketch while you're there um, as a visual note to yourself of that experience and. So again, I'm sort of trying to use a lot of those contour hash, um, you know, hatching techniques and cross hatching techniques and, um, and sort of really trying to employ, you know, all of those techniques in one drawing, uh, to really kind of capture that image of that place, um, you know, as kind of a visual memory for myself. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, I think that's what, what really grabs me with this sketch and there's a few other things as far as I think, you know, to bring back a reference from a previous episode and we've dabbled in talking about Frank Lloyd Wright and his inspiration drawn from nature and some of the other, um, Wright, uh, colleagues of the day like Goff and, and it, it always strikes me that, you know, when that nothing to me, at least nothing can really outdo the interesting uh compositional uh shape or f- shape or space making that nature can and and there's so much asymmetry in the sketch of a natural feature but yet there's still so much balance 
in it that that the asymmetry almost looks more uh, of a rhythm or a pattern. So it's not so random, right? And well, and at and, least that's what well, I'm seeing. And, and I think you're right. It's, so it's something that we haven't necessarily talked about with these sort of drawing techniques. But um, you know, all these sketches, if people start to look at the images that we have um, posted with 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 each podcast, um, is another aspect of these sketches is you know I'm, I'm working in a small book and I kind of I work over the fold. So the image image right. isn't just on one side. Um, I just continue through the fold uh, so that I have a larger canvas to work with, even though the book is small. And a lot of that is in that first, we talked about the two minute sketch. So in that first two minute sketch, one of the, one of the important techniques is that first 20 seconds where you're looking at what your subject is and then looking down at your page and deciding what that composition is going to be on the page. How is it going to fill the page? Mm -hmm. And so the things that I think you're saying that you, you know, you liked or, or kind of drew you to this image of the landscape is, is some of the things that were really deliberate in those first 30 seconds of, of deciding how this place was going to get rendered on a piece of paper. Um, and so it was, you know, the, you know, having sort of, you know, darkness in the foreground that really kind of suggested the idea of this well in this sort of dark hole in the water and, and letting that sort of ground the image on the bottom of the page. But then realizing that the, the, the kind of the crag of the rock and the outcropping mm -hmm. and the kind of bent tree really formed sort of a perimeter on the right side that almost kind of framed the image and, and really kind of goes back to your continuous contour line. Uh, it, it really feels like you could, you know, start at the bottom of this image and sort of follow a line all the way up to the, all mm -hmm. the way up to the mm -hmm. top. And though that's not necessarily what I did, there's, there's some aspects of it that are conscious on my part when I'm doing the drawing um, to kind of mm -hmm. elicit that, that feeling for, for the viewer, um, as well as for myself. So. Yeah. I, I, and I do see that, you know, I, I don't know if you were taught the, the technique of <clears throat> kind of squinting your eyes. I don't know if we've already talked about this once before, but, um, to sort of squint at a sketch or a painting or any kind of subject and, and, the act of squinting kind of blurs it a tiny bit to where you're only focusing on the sort of uh, key pieces or components of it. And so when I, I do that all the time, it's something but going like, a, again, with this whole podcast of talking about some of our, our roots of architecture and sketching. It's another thing that I was taught that I, I, it kind of clicked with me and I do it all the time with, with buildings and nature and anything that I'm sort of focusing on. And it really and helps you see, it, I like it really helps you see the details. Um, but it also, what it first does for me uh, in sort of the squinting, and I'm not sure if this is the same for you, but is it makes me sort of see the light and the shadow or the dark and the light or the, the, the mm -hmm. volume and the void sort of the figure in the field, it sort of mm -hmm. makes you want to see the positive and negative space around an image. Yeah. And because it sort of blurs that edge and you, and you sort of lose the details initially. And so you sort of see the positive and negative of a form and how it sort of, it, it sort of becomes more abstract shapes. And then when you kind of stop right. squinting then, and you're still sort of focused on the same area, then those details just really pop. And, and that's, that's where yeah. you really kind of see all the lines and the intricacies of a particular, you know, um, subject. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll do the same thing for sure. Yeah. And it, and it, and then it comes back together. Um, but yeah, the initial sort of, it seems kind of counterintuitive to like that the detail actually comes out when you squint, but it, it really does sort of make it clear to what is um the the critical 
starting point or uh, I really don't know how to say it all, uh, another way. Not really a starting point, but like say if you were to sketch something, it's like, okay, well, where am I, where's my, my, my contour, right? Where do I, where's my form, right? And what, and to me, it, yeah, I, I think like I'm getting a little bit too, uh, you know, snooty architect, you know, you know. <laughs> and the point is of our conversation today was, you know, just kind of talk about some of our, uh, our earliest learned techniques and sort of revisit that. So I probably won't get into, into the weeds too much, but, uh, I had a, had a good conversation with a client today and I got really excited about the project. And then, so I, I guess I'm carrying that into our, that excitement into, uh, into our coffee well, sketch. Well, you were excited about this topic, talking about some of the, um, the drawing techniques as well. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that we didn't, you know, you know, talk about, but it's sort of the same thing with the squinting is if you look at that second sketch, uh, of the road, the Rodin sketch, mm -hmm. and there's a, a really sort of kind of darker shadowed portion of the form. And then there's a light side and it's, it's a really kind of mm -hmm. play on, on light and shadow, you know, ultimately at the end of, at the end of the sketch, but that light side, you almost, if you squint, you almost imagine that that line is smooth. You know, there's a smoothness to the line mm -hmm. on, on the, on the light side and, and a way to kind of make that line almost disappear, you know, in the brightness of, of mm -hmm. the brightness of the light is sort of stip, mm -hmm. stippling that line. So there's a, a portion of it that's solid and then it sort of becomes a little stippled and it almost at that point, the line starts to look like it disappears and what that what I find mm -hmm. that does is if you're employing sort of cross hatching and cross contour for a volume and you're really conscious of light and dark and, you know, you're imagining somebody sort of squinting at your drawing when it's all finished is that stippling technique on the light side really makes it even lighter, even though it's the same pen, it's the same, you know, it's the same tool, it's the same line weight. Um, you're not, I'm not switching pens. Um, you really mm -hmm. can get a lot of depth to a drawing. Um, even, even with one, one pen, a lot of people talk about, Oh, well, I use three or four micron pens and, um, you know, I, I do my drawing at, at, you know, this line weight, and then I come back and I do all my hatching with this line weight. And then I come back in with this third pen and it's, it's the heaviest one. And I, and I follow the outline because that's the form where you're at a corner of an image and the, 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 the rest of the volume is, is something that you can't see. And so that needs to be the heaviest, just like a, a, a drafting technique. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of work. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's, and it's, and, I'm not, and I, I say that sort of flippantly, but it's, it's a lot of work that I appreciate. And I think that those drawings are amazing to look at. And I can, and I'd like to say that I can do a lot of those as well, but that's not what I'm trying to do with these sketches, you know, and that's what I want to sort of remind mm -hmm. our listeners when they're looking at them is there's an intention and an experiment of trying to do it very quickly. Um, and at the same time, both from a note taking, but also sort of a, from a um, trying to, you know, kind of a, establish that connection with the viewer or, or, or a subject matter, uh, you know, that I, that I'm, that I'm interested in that particular day. So that's why it's the day. Mm -hmm. That's why it's the daily coffee sketch. Yeah. And so <clears throat> last, last question, you, you brought it up earlier with the Conti crayon. Um, do you, are you, you ever concerned if you use uh, graphite or charcoal that once you close the book it gets smudgy, or it always gets smudgy, gets <laughs> messy. It always oh. does. I mean, so it's like, it, I mean, does, you, you, does is Conti like that too? Conti, or does Conti it is, have a little more? It has a little bit more uh, staying power on the page, um, but it does it does tend to to smear a little bit. Um, so if if I'm being super deliberate, I will um, put a little fixative on it. Um, if I, if I, oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. If I, if I, <laughs> uh, I mean, there's lots of techniques, but if you put a little fixative on it, um, then, uh, yeah, that'll preserve your drawing. So, uh, I don't, I don't we do should, it a lot, but should, I, I probably yeah, should sorry. do it more. 
Sure. We should have a offshoot podcast where we just talk about the secrets of using things like fixative. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for those two extra listeners. Well, it's, it's fixative and then the other are, uh, the other you know, if you don't want to use fixative, <laughs> you can use like mod podge glue, like a really, really thin glue. Um and that uh-huh. will sort of it gives it your 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 drawing has a little bit of a glisten to it, but it's a, uh, uh-huh. it's a, when you're, when you're run out of fixative and you can't get to, uh, the art store, um, using a really watered down glue can sometimes you know, solve a lot of your worries. So. Uh, I've, I've learned something. So, um, I'm looking at the clock here and I think we, We'll have to wrap it up um, for this week. And so, because there's just so many things. I, I think what was fun, most fun about this is that, uh, you know, just a couple of quick sketches can easily for us turn into an hour long, uh, interesting dive into various techniques and, you know, what they mean. And, and I've I've really enjoyed, you know, just taking a stab at and learning about these experiment sketches of yours. And so, no, thanks. Thanks for, I'm going to have to, uh, these ones together. This was good. I, 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 I liked it. And so, um, yeah. And, and the last thing I'll mention since, um, we, you brought it up already is that, um, the, we've done a little trick for the podcast is that each week's episode, the sketch, of the episode or one of the sketches at least is going to be used as the uh, cover art for the episode on your iTunes or wherever you listen to it. So at least at a quick glance, you can get a sort of snapshot of what we're talking about. And then you can always, for those that are um, our most diligent listeners can follow our show notes and click onto the links in Instagram. So there's my 10 second commercial. (laughs) so um so jamie thanks again and um we'll pick this up next week and see what we have to talk about then thanks Kurt. appreciate it always fun thank you for listening we both hope that you enjoyed this episode of coffee sketch podcast our theme music is provided by my brother who goes by at cold fashioned on instagram and twitter our podcast is hosted at coffeesketch.buzzsprout.com. Find more show notes and information from this episode. And finally, if you like what you heard, please rate us on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you. <laughs>